Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Terror Projects podcast. Today we're joined with Amber's teacher from school, which is really exciting. So before we begin, can you give a brief introduction about yourself and your teaching experience? Sure. My name is Lehua, which is a Hawaiian name, so it's a little challenging to say. And my last name is Wardell. I teach at Fountain Valley High School, which is in Fountain Valley, California. Uh, this is my 19th year. I've taught um, regular biology, honors level biology or accelerated biology, AP biology, and anatomy and physiology. Um, and I graduated from Chapman University, which is also in Southern California. Yeah, that's so awesome. I personally really like biology myself. So my next question for you is, how have you incorporated green and sustainable living into your own lifestyle? Oh, good question. Um, so I'm fairly, and this is kind of what my talk is about, I'm, I'm fairly conscious of um, what I purchase, what it's made out of, uh, if I need it. Um, I, I, my husband and I are, I guess you could say we're frugal but in the sense that we don't buy things if we don't need them. And I think that's kind of the number one um, rule to follow in being environmentally friendly. If you don't need something, then it's just extra and it'll end up uh, having a negative impact on the environment. Uh, additionally, I enjoy gardening. So I do compost in my backyard. So all of our green waste from our kitchen goes out there and any uh, paper trash, um, we try to reduce plastic usage as much, much as possible, reusable grocery bags, and um, we don't buy a lot of new phones and technology only as needed when something breaks. Uh, we don't purchase an abundance of new cars. I, my, I think I've told my students my first new car I bought three years ago, and I'm old. <laughs> so those are just some of the ways that I try to do my part for the environment. Yeah, that's so awesome. So um, this episode, it's kind of just going to go around everyone just asking questions about you. And at the end, you can just like briefly talk again. So now I'm going to pass it over to Ishida with more questions. Um, thank you, Shinidi, for that. So I think my first question was, everyone talks about recycling and reusing plastic. But what are the other ways except recycling that we can do to reduce our plastic wastage? Another great question. I actually, recycling with only like 9% of plastic gets recycled. So the, the statistics are that like 79% of plastics end up in landfills. So the number one thing you can do is reduce your usage of plastic. Um, they, uh, recycling plastic also has a limited uh, lifetime on it. You can only recycle items two or three times before they go to a landfill. So considering other alternatives to plastic is way more beneficial. Looking at uh, reusable, reusable metal or glass containers, obviously things that you don't wanna worry about them breaking. So metal is a little bit better um, considering uh, buying concentrated items. So for example, when you're looking at soaps and, and shampoos, there are some companies that will sell 
a container that has a concentrate and then you can refill a bottle and add water to it. So you're not throwing away the plastic bottle that your soap or your shampoo would come in, you're refilling it and you get more uses out of the plastic that way. Um, things like water bottles, uh, depending on where you live, and I think you, some of you live in different parts of the world, uh, if you have a clean water supply, you really don't need bottled water. Bottled water can be very useful in places that don't have clean water supplies. It can even be used to sterilize water. You can put water out in the sun in a plastic bottle and it can, it can help to filter the water for you. Um, but in uh, developed countries where you have clean water supply, there's really no need for plastic water bottles. That could be kind of an easy reduction. Um, also considering packaging. So again, re reducing usage is, is, is huge. Um, plastic packaging accounts for the majority of plastics produced. So 36% of plastics produced, and I have a source. Well, 36% is packaging and single-use plastic. So that's all stuff that we can actually have an impact on because it's not like what car, you know, plastics make up car parts. They make up building materials. Those things we can't really get rid of. They make up medical supplies, um, even glasses, right? You guys, some of you wear glasses, right? They're, they're all plastic now so that they don't break, which is really, really usable um, and functional, but we can reduce packaging and single use items rather than looking at trying to recycle things that we're only gonna use one time. That was a really great answer. So um, another question I wanted to ask is recycling really useful to uh, harmful to environment? We already know the all the positive effect, effects of it, but like, can you mention some negative aspects of recycling on the environment? Sure, so in order to recycle plastics, they have to take the plastic item and return it back to its, I, I'm just gonna call it its pellet form. So a form where it can be transported in these little pellets, which can then be melted back down and reformed into another item. So all of that requires energy from the point of transportation, right? Well, I guess I'll backtrack. Breaking down the plastic and converting it to pellets requires energy. Transporting the pellets to another manufacturer requires energy. Um, and then building a new item requires energy. Now it's still better than just building a new item from new plastic. So that is beneficial. Um, plastic can also be used in like textiles, uh, fabrics and things like that. So you can buy uh, clothing that's made out of recycled plastics. The challenge is when you wash the clothing, uh, the microfibers that are plastic go through your washing machine into the drain and out into the ocean. So there's all these, there's upsides and downsides to almost every decision. Thank you so much for that answer. So one last question for me, what are the items that we cannot put in recycling bins? I think we all know about the items that we can put, but what are the items that we cannot absolutely put in recycling bins? So that's actually, it's interesting because things that you think you can recycle sometimes cannot be recycled. So when you're looking at plastic containers that you have in your house, things that hold milk and juice, 
Um, they have little codes on the bottom. Every code tells you what kind of plastic it's made out of. So almost all of them can actually be recycled. It's just what your community is set up to accept and process. And most communities are not set up to recycle their own waste. So a lot of the, the plastic that is collected, if it is recyclable with the numbers, ends up getting exported actually. So most of the, the plastic waste in, in the United States was getting exported to Asia in order to be recycled. And they don't have the capacity or to, to recycle it anymore because they're producing their own plastic waste. So they shouldn't be, you know, they don't have the uh, ability to recycle ours as well. Um, if you look at the bottles, um, and this was interesting, um, there's certain juice bottles that you can recycle and certain juice bottles that you can't recycle. And I'm forgetting now which ones you can and can't recycle. I want to say that like um, an orange juice bottle, there's something about it that you're not allowed to put it in the recycle bin. And again, the recycling laws could be different depending on where you live. Um, plastic trash that has had a lot of food waste in it is not supposed to go in the recycle bin because the food waste actually contaminates the, the recycling that's in there. And that applies to paper trash as well. Um, so even a, um, a takeout container that's biodegradable, like a cardboard takeout container, if it's saturated in food waste, uh, it can't get recycled. It will biodegrade better than plastic. Um, so you're supposed to clean out uh, even cans. If the cans have food in them, you're supposed to rinse those out before you put them in the recycling. Okay, thank you. Um, and now Ram will take over the questions. Uh, hello, uh, good evening. I am Ram. Uh, so I just had one question. Uh, there are so many people who uh, think that climate. Ram, I'm going to interrupt you because I can't hear you. Let me turn up my volume a little bit. Yeah, and I also put the question in the chat too. Oh, let me move. Let me open my chat. I didn't have it open. There we go. Ram, you can continue. Um, there are so many people who think that climate change is a hoax, global warming also. Uh, in the next five to 10 years, what do you think uh, will change about their opinion? So this is a super challenging question. I think uh, countries that are developed have open conversations about climate change. Countries that are developing it's a very difficult balance between improving your lifestyle and managing climate change regulations. So it's a really difficult con conversation, again, depending on where you live. You can go into the United States and have conversations about reducing your plastic usage and driving your car less miles. If you go into an area where they, don't ha they haven't had access to um, plastic products, honestly, until maybe the past 10 to 20 years. And now they're suddenly having um, increased in transportation, increased in industrialization. It's almost, if you go back to where the United States was uh, with the industrial revolution, that's happening in a variety of different countries as they become developed. So their focus is not on climate change, their focus is on economy. So, so it's, it's really difficult to go down into a place 
states in South America and say, you shouldn't burn down rainforests because their goal is to support the people who live around there who have no food or no money. So it's, 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 it's easy for people in the United States to say we should really, really focus in on, on reducing our impact because we, we don't live in a place where um, we're trying to figure out what our next, uh, a job could be to support our families. Now, at the same time, um, developed countries drive the development of other countries by their purchases. So if we reduce our purchases, as I kind of stated at the beginning, that frugality, um, it's, it's, it seems antiquated for people to be frugal anymore. Uh, the, the trend is to buy new, buy new, buy new, buy new. But if you're buying new things, you're throwing away old things. And the item that you're buying is driving the industry in some other country. So our purchases have to, our industrial uh, developed countries, the purchases have to be a little bit, um, I don't know, smarter. People need to be aware of where the items that they're purchasing are coming from um, in order to really have a positive impact on the climate. Did that answer Thanks your question, lot. Ron? Okay. Yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, and I think now I will be, uh, you know, handing over to Timothy. Ram, can you type your question into the chat for me, please? I think we're going to pass it over to Timothy oh, now. Got it. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, hi, Ms. Wardo. Hi, Timothy. Yeah, How are nice you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet um, you as well. Your green oh, plane. Uh, <laughs> And so my question is that, um, how can humans use um, our um, existing knowledge to solve environmental problems and how we can make, make changes? Oh, good question. So um, technology is pretty amazing. We just have to be willing to uh, adjust our lifestyles in order to make the changes that allow us to be environmentally friendly. Um, and, you know, this, my focus kind of on plastics, plastics are actually really, really beneficial and they actually have a lower carbon footprint than some other items for a few reasons. I kind of want to make sure I don't uh, say that they're all negative. Um, if we look at medical supplies, a lot of plastics are used in medical equipment and the use of plastics has actually reduced infection rates uh, across the world in hospitals because they can be single-use plastic items, tubing and uh, syringes, things that typically would have been made out of glass uh, can be disposed of and not sterilized. The sterilization techniques don't actually get rid of every bacteria that could potentially be clinging to the, the medical equipment. So um, the plastic usage in the medical uh, world is, is really beneficial. Um, everything is much lighter when it's made out of plastic. So when you're transporting, you actually have a lower carbon footprint for transportation because the material is lighter, it's not as heavy. Cars are lighter, which means they use less gas. So that's beneficial. Um, you can make things see-through, not breakable, right? Because plastic can be transparent. So if you think about what we used glass for, you can make those items out of plastic. And right now with the pandemic, 
there's a ton of use of plastic actually a little scary and in the increase in usage but um, plastic face shields right for protective PPE uh, the face masks even the paper face masks are made out of some plastic fibers um, obviously latex gloves um, some of the, the suits that are worn, even plastic, you guys see plexiglass shields up at different places. So there's a variety of really beneficial um, uses. Timothy, I think I lost track of your question. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what I was asking, but uh, like you mainly talked, talked about like the medical field, but um, I, I think like, um, kind of like what I meant was like, how, how do we like, how can we treat environmental problems? Like, like more like, like nature and like. Oh, okay, okay. So it, in moving into the future, what can we do to, to make what we do more environmentally friendly? Yeah, kind okay. of like that. Um, so uh, the, a good word to use for this is sustainability. And it's actually a very large field. So for you young teenagers, this is something that is a college major. Um, there's environmental design um, where they're designing green buildings, right? There's um, actually, I think there's a place down in South America that has um, greenery growing up against the, the freeway system because the more plants you have, the greater the carbon absorption rate is. Um, looking at trying to create zero emissions when you're developing a community. So high density housing is actually more eco-friendly than low density housing where you have houses that are spread apart with lots of grass and space. If you put people in a tower, it's actually less of a footprint. At the same time, um, you take away the green space. So building in green spaces within a city can help to improve the environment. Um, there are a variety of like, I guess, tech uh, innovations. There's, um, you, you, you guys can think of alternative energy sources. You have solar, you have wind, you have like electrical gar cars versus gas powered cars, um, but they can even put turbines in uh, under the ocean. And as the turbine is turned with movement of water, then it can be used to generate electricity. So that would be an innovation. You have to think about this, the impact on the, the marine environment, but that is a potential uh, innovation. There are some um, designs where they use uh, mollusks as filtration systems to filter water. So you can build up these mollusk beds in, in shallow water and it actually helps to filter water. Um, there's, gosh, there's so many potential uh, things, especially for areas that are new builds, um, places that exist, uh, looking at like water runoff and filtering water runoff so that you can reduce the amount of, of human chemicals that end up in uh, aquatic ecosystems. And that actually is just building Kind of natural filtration systems wherever water is moving. So a variety of different things that can be used to make a community more sustainable. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, I'll pass it on to Amber to ask more questions. 
Hello, so my question is like right now, many stores and companies are switching their uses of plastic to paper or just other alternative. When will change kick in or will it ever? Uh, I, I think you only uh, get change if it's demanded by the people that are utilizing the business. Uh, or by the people who own the business who want to enact change. So there are quite, you know, there are a variety of different businesses that you can look up their, um, uh, I guess, part of their goals for their business is not just to sell clothes, but it is to, uh, sell, you know, uh, have zero carbon emissions in the production of the clothing. So they go through their steps that they do to, to um, accomplish that. Um, I think that is number one, the business has to be motivated to change what they're doing to be more environmentally friendly. And then the consumer has to kind of demand the more environmentally friendly items. Uh, the challenge is a lot of the times more, more environmentally friendly items are more expensive. So then you become, there's this separation in who can make those environmental uh, choices. People with money can make choices about what they purchase. People who don't have as much money have to choose what's um, cheaper, more affordable, and more accessible. So it does become challenging, but I think if the companies themselves commit to making change, then you start to see it. Um, I found a, um, an organization online called, I think it was the American Plastic Makers organization because obviously companies are invested in making plastic it's not going to go away but their commitment is to um, creating a cycle of plastic production where the plastic that's produced is then captured and recycled rather than making it to landfills so they have a whole bunch of goals outlined as to how they could get um plastic packaging in particular out of the trash and into reusable um, manufacturing. So that even, you know, the plastic makers are trying their best to make it more environmentally friendly. Um, thank you for the answer. Um, I'm gonna now pass it to Willow. Okay, so I don't really understand why like plastic is so popular, especially because there's so many different alternatives to plastic. So why did plastic become so popular to use? Okay, so although it's actually okay, so it's, it's got a lot of perks per se, it's fairly cheap to manufacture. You can manufacture it with a lot out a lot of space. So if you're looking at um, even textiles or fabrics, right, made out of different plastics. Think about what you have to have in order to produce cotton and then to take the cotton and refine the cotton and put it into cotton thread and then make it into clothing. Um, plastic, uh, they call it feedstock. It's the actual like crude oil. Do you guys know that plastic comes from oil? If you didn't, that's where it comes from. So uh, they take crude oil and they 
it doesn't all come from crude oil, correct myself, um, but they take oil or they can take cellulose, they can take other natural gases and they convert it down into its chemical form that can be then manipulated into different man-made polymers. So if you paid attention in your biology or chemistry class, polymers, polymers are just really big molecules, repeating molecules. And so these plastic polymers don't exist naturally in, in nature, but they take a natural source, isolate out a molecule, and then re repeat that molecule repetitively um, in a way that it wouldn't naturally occur. Now, the fact that it's cheap to produce means that products made out of plastic are cheap to manufacture and you can make a large profit off of them, right? You can manufacture for cheap, sell for more. Um, as I said earlier, plastic can be made transparent, but super, super lightweight. So again, I'll just go back to eyeglasses, right? Strindy, are your glasses glass or plastic? Um, I'm, I don't know. If you I click, think. I think if you click on them, you can figure out that most eyeglasses are no longer made out of glass. They make them out of plastic, especially for children because they're not breakable as easily broken or as dangerous, right? Glass near your eyes shattering would be pretty dangerous. Um, plastic is super, super lightweight. So it is really cheap to transport and you can transport it in larger quantities than you could other materials. Um, it's reusable. So you can reuse a plastic item many, many, many times before you throw it away. Like plastic, um, gosh, if I look in my drawer here, the plastic containers that hold pencils and things like that, super lightweight, not breakable, but they, they'll last as long as I want them to last. Um, plastic is also really important, as I said, to the medical field, super important for that. Also important to food production. It's actually reduced food waste. Um, if you think about packaging, what's a problem with paper packaging as opposed to foil packaging or plastic packaging? Paper can be water damaged. It can also be um, eaten through by rodents. Plastic and aluminum packaging is a little bit more resilient. So it's become um, highly used. And if I go back to the amount of plastic, 36% of plastic is in packaging. So we do use a lot of plastic in packaging, sometimes over packaging. So if we could reduce our packaging, that would be great. Um, I actually, plastics have also made homes more energy efficient. So all the sealants that go around your windows and doors, even the windows, like my windows are made out of vinyl, which is a plastic. The piping in your house is made out of plastic often. Sometimes it's metal, but a lot of times they've replaced it with plastic because it doesn't corrode. So there are a huge number of benefits to plastic. The challenge is for consumers, the things that you purchase on a daily basis, can you reduce those purchases or convert what you're buying to something that's not plastic? That's interesting, thank you. Um, I think the next person to ask a question is Sarah. 
Hi, um, it's very nice to meet you. And um, my question is like, do you remember like what time or around like what age you were when you started realizing just how bad like the plastic use was and like how you started getting more like eco-conscious and friendly? Gosh, I probably, it probably wasn't until I was teaching about it every year. And every time I would teach it, I would remind myself, oh, I have to make sure I make good choices. So every year I'm, I'm really, really eco-friendly for a couple of months and then I kind of fade out, but then every year I, you know, get reminded of it again. Um, but definitely it's, it's hard as a young person because you're um, not you guys, obviously, because you're already focusing in on this, but um, a lot of teenagers are uh, just kind of focused in on what they need to do to be happy and healthy and successful. You're not thinking globally. And even as you move into college, kind of the same focus, whatever you need for yourself. So for me, that was exactly how it was. I don't think until I had to be a good example for 180 students every year. And, and how could I stand up there and say, uh, these are, these are uh, good things to do for the climate if I wasn't also doing those things. So it took me a little while. Um, I will pass it back to actually Timothy. It seems like he has another question he would like to ask. So um, floor is all yours, Timothy. Yeah, um, so I have another question that's like very like relative to myself, I guess. Um, so basically like I live in Canada and um, th uh, the liberal government like last year act actually they like passed in legislature like they passed in law that um, in bit like before 2022, they're going to ban like every single um, plastic items in Canada. And so um, what do you think like in the far future, like let's say in like 20 years, um, do you think like the whole world would be like without any like plastic items, like not using any? So I, it would be interesting to see the details on the ban. Um, I, is the ban on single use plastic items? Yeah, basically like uh, straws and uh, like balls and stuff like that. Right, so utensils, straws, maybe plastic bags, um, all of those are considered to be single use plastic items. Um, I, I think you'll see more countries with laws and regulations similar to that. Um, in California, again, pre-2020, uh, they did um, set in some regulations where restaurants couldn't provide you with a plastic straw right away. You had to ask if you wanted a plastic straw. So that reduced uh, consumption of plastic straws. Plastic straws actually make up a really, really small percentage of the plastic that they find in the ocean. I think the number I saw was like 0.03%, but even that is, you know, a, a step in the right direction. Um, I do think you will see uh, developed countries in particular making some regulations about single use plastics in an attempt to reduce their plastic waste. Yeah, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Now we'll pass it over to Trinity for our last question. Yeah, 
so my question is, how is the environment like around you? And what do you think you as well as your community can do to help make your surroundings better? Good question. So I live in Orange County, which Orange County, California, the I would say it's suburban. So you have a little balance of green space and then uh, more developed urban space. Um, the main environmental concern in California is typically drought because we have very inconsistent rainfall. So there are usually regulations regarding the types of plants that you can have, uh, the amount of water that you can use. Again, we do have some regulations with plastic bags. Um, if you're going to use them at the grocery store, you have to pay for the plastic bags. Again, 2020 did change that. Um, and then plastic straws. Other than that, there aren't a ton of regulations uh, in regards to waste uh, or you know, environmental uh, regulations. In terms of like trash pickup, we have a green trash can where you put your yard waste. We have a recycling trash can where you put your recyclables and then you have your waste container. So they do separate out the trash. I kind of doubt that they actually do recycle what is put in the recycle bin. I think most recyclables end up in landfills now um, because of the limit to the availability of uh, actual recycling plants. And most places around here used to have recycling areas where you could exchange bottles and cans and most of them are gone now. So I don't, I think they didn't have a way to offload the bottles once they're in. Um, climate here is, I would say mild. So that's why people want to live in Southern California, right? We have pretty, pretty nice weather. Um, so uh, like air conditioning, things like that are, are, sometimes in houses, sometimes used. They wouldn't be as necessary as places that are much, much hotter. Srinity, did you have more to your question? Nope, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, and I think with that being said, I believe it concludes our podcast episode for today. So thank you so, so much for coming and sharing your take on the environmental issues. It was a pleasure meeting you. And I think it is safe to say that we all learned so, so much. And yeah, I can pass it back to you if you would like to, you know, give some last pieces of advice or statements for our listeners. Thank you, Trinity, And I want to thank all of you for uh, inviting me and Amber in particular, as she's my connection to every, everybody. Um, this is uh, very motivating to see young people taking it upon themselves to do something um, that they're really inspired to uh, make a difference in. So good job. Um, last little kind of saying to remember is to in your life, try to be proactive, not reactive. I think recycling is reactive. Oh, I use this plastic item, I'm gonna recycle it. Proactive would be, oh, I'm gonna choose not to use it, I'm gonna choose something different. Um, but that applies to everything in life. If you're proactive, not reactive, uh, you're gonna make your own way in things. So best of luck to all of you. It was really great to meet you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, Sarah, I think we're good.